At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah, yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Want more NBA tonight? We'll check out Hardwood Handicappers podcast. VSIN senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel looks at all the angles for the games to determine who's playing, what kind of a situation the team is in, and every other aspect of the matchup. There are a ton of great opportunities in betting the NBA on a nightly basis during the regular season. It's a massively fun league with the greatest athletes on the planet, and we can make some money on it. Hardwood Handicappers podcast is free and available now at vsun.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. While you're there, catch up on every single VEASAN show as well. Dave Ross, alongside Matt Humans, follow the money. Speaking of the NBA, it's great to have Keith Smith join us now to break down everything going on in the NBA. Follow him on Twitter at KeithSmithNBA. And Keith Hayes, happy second half to you here as we begin in earnest tonight with the league getting back uh, under action. You know, we were just discussing it, Matt and I, when you look at the numbers here and the Suns still the betting favorite uh, to win the NBA championship with the Brooklyn Nets as the second favorite, assuming Kyrie Irving's going to play a full slate of games, assuming Kevin Durant's going to get back. We know Chris Paul's got the injury situation in Phoenix. I mean, Keith, are we underestimating the rest of the pack, or do you think those are the right two betting favorites from the East and the West? I think we're underestimating a little bit there. I think the Suns should still be the favorite to get out of the Western Conference. I feel like the Chris Paul injury, they're going to have to figure that out, and hopefully he's back and ready to go for the start of the playoffs. And I think that's what the timeline is sort of pointing towards. And the good news is because it's a hand injury, he should be able to still run, keep his conditioning up, and those kind of things. So hopefully uh, he'll be ready to go. But they've proven to be the best team in the league uh, throughout the season. Now, the Nets, I, I don't know. I think people jumped the gun a little bit on the Kyrie Irving uh, you know, Oh, he's going to be able to play right away. Well, he, he's not. He can't play tonight, uh, for example. He's out. And it's still the, the New York mayor said it's going to be a few weeks before mm. he starts thinking about what to do. So that's a, you know, that, that, that's not a Kyrie's ready to go and let, let's roll, you know, immediately. Now I do think things will change and we'll probably see him available, you know, maybe towards the latter part of the regular season for home games, but they're still, their challenges, they're eighth in the East right now. They got to get, get going here and start winning some games. And Kevin Durant's still going to be out a little while longer. They're, they're saying it's, it's Ben Simmons is still a ways away. Uh, weeks is what they continue to say. So 
we'll see how long it takes for them to get kind of put the roster that they've envisioned. And then do they have enough time to build that continuity heading into the playoffs? And even at that point, are they going to have to fight through the play-in? Are they going to have to play a game in Toronto where Kyrie will not be able to play? You know, what is that going to look like? So there's a lot of obstacles for this Nets team to climb before I'd consider them the favorites. Follow at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, I'm going to start in the East. Uh, how seriously do you take the Celtics? And how about the Miami Heat? That was my pick to win the East. Uh, how about the Celtics and the Heat down the stretch? Yeah, the, as far as the Heat go, that one's a little easier. Very seriously. I think they're going to be uh, right in position with Milwaukee, probably with Chicago. We'll, we'll see. I think the East playoffs, uh, more so than ever, this is always the case, but but more than ever, is matchups and health. They're going to drive who's successful in the playoffs so much. And I think you're going to see some of these teams start positioning for uh, matchups they think are more favorable because just the standings are so tight uh, and, and compact there. As far as the Celtics go, I think they're going to be a really tough out the rest of the way because of the way they defend. They're not going to be out of very many games. They still have offensive issues and that their offense will bog down and there might be nights where they don't shoot it well and that'll cost them a win. But because of the way they defend, they're going to be in just about every game. And I think that's a recipe we've seen have a lot of success especially in postseason. So I'm, I'm fairly high on their chances. I don't know that I, I you know, would put them in the Miami-Milwaukee tier, mm-hmm. but I do think they're going to be pretty good. Okay, one follow-up on the East then. Uh, I bet DeMar DeRozan a 50-1 to win MVP. Is it possible, do you think, he can climb up the ladder? Does he have a shot? And do the Bulls win that division? Uh, yeah, they're probably going to win the division, I would say, unless Milwaukee really gets things going here. I think, you know, I'm trying not to overlook the Cavs, but I do think that they're, they're kind of the natural team. You look at that might slip a little bit in the standings. So I do think the bulls will probably win the division because it doesn't seem like Milwaukee's going to push over really hard the rest of the way. Uh, DeRozan for MVP. That one's a little tough because he's got some ground to make up because Jokic and Bede and Giannis have jumped out to such a good lead. But if he keeps scoring 30 plus points per game and uh, they, they keep winning and they're, you know, a top one or two seed, he's definitely going to get some votes for sure. Tom with Keith Smith, NBA insider and writer. Keith, let's flip the script and go out west. I've got a couple of future t- tickets on the Denver Nuggets here, assuming that Jamal Murray is going to be able to get back. And you always talk about continuity getting back there and we'll find out if he can go. What do you make of the Nuggets here? Could they be a surprise out west? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, uh, you know, you always worry when you're trying to reincorporate a player coming off injury, but Jamal Murray is kind of a plug and play guy with the way he plays alongside Nikola Jokic. Plus if they can get Michael Porter jr. Back, which they're not ruling out. They're saying he's feeling pretty good. He's looking good after the back surgery. If they can get those two guys back, all of a sudden you've got a team that is, you know, they, they might be the, you know, fifth or sixth seed, but they might be one of those teams you're looking at and saying, all right, they're finally healthy. They're ready to make a run because Nikola Jokic has been that dominant this season. So you get, get him a little bit more help around him and you may see that team go on that late season run. 15 to one right now to win the West. And you look at the Lakers right behind him at 18 to one LeBron Stan Palenka, Seems like we've got issues there. Is this team dead in the water? Is there any hope for Laker backers to somehow turn back the clock and make a run? Yeah, I don't think so. I, I think it's just going to be too tough. One is 
they're out of any chance of getting out of the play in tournament. There's too much ground to make up and they'd have to get past the two teams to do that. So that that's already, you know, part one. When, when you're in that play in and, and you're in that pseudo single elimination, uh, you know, style, uh, if bad things happen, you know, you have a bad shooting night and you go down, that might be it. You might be, your season may be over. So uh, they then factor in on top of that. I don't know that we're going to see Anthony Davis again this season. Well, let's see, you know, where that goes. But I think that there's a chance he may be done. It's, it, it's no lock that we're going to see him play again this year with, with the, uh, you know, injury that he's, he's working back from. And then everything else with the Lakers, I, I have no reason to believe it's going to look all that different from what we've already seen. And they still have a pretty tough schedule to go. So I, I, I think you're going to see them get into the play-in tournament, get into the playoffs itself. I'm not so sure I'm there. Keith Smith with us. Uh, Keith, how about this uh, report from the Houston Chronicle that the Rockets and the Lakers didn't make the John Wall-Russell Westbrook trade and LeBron James wanted that to happen. He's oh. unhappy. Uh, that's got to cause problems. There's got to be issues in that Lakers locker room. Aside from the uh, the questionable product they put on the floor every night, Russell Westbrook now knows LeBron wanted him traded. Yeah, my guess is Russell Westbrook's been around this long enough to kind of <laughs> let it go in one ear and out the other. I, you know, even even when things are going, uh, you know, sideways for him, he kind of seems to exist in a world where he doesn't really care what anybody's saying about him. So I, I don't think that that's going to be, you know, all that big of a difference. I think he, he probably is self-aware enough to know, Hey, things have not gone well here. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, this is not my team. So why not? So I, I don't know that it'll cause a big issue now, but I do think, you know, clearly nothing's happening the rest of the way now, might maybe minor uh, moves at the back end of the roster, but Boys, we're going to see his major change come to that team when we get into this offseason. I don't think we're going to see uh, you know that group run it back together. You know, you look at tonight's card, the Golden State Warriors are uh, big favorites at Portland. Do you, do you how much hope do you have for the Warriors to win the West and to win the whole thing and uh, they've got, you know, another almost 2 months here to get their act together and they're six and a half games behind the Suns. I'm still pretty optimistic. I like the makeup of this Warriors team. I don't think we've seen their best yet. What's your opinion? Yeah, I think they got to get Draymond Green back. That's you know so key to everything that they do. We 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 know about the defensive end, but he's their best playmaker on offense yeah. as far as setting guys up mm-hmm. and so much runs through him that they really really miss him. Uh, you know, with, with him being out, so that that's one part of it. But there, it sounds like they're going to get James Wiseman back. And if you can just get 10 to 15 minutes a game out of James Wiseman that are pretty good, you're, you're, you know, light years ahead to use their own terminology there of where you were with backup center minutes. So I think, you know, with with the Warriors, yeah, I'm there. I think this group is well positioned to make a really big playoff run. They're clearly not going to run the Suns down. That's just too, too many games to make up uh, the rest of the way in the regular season. But I don't think they're all really worried about going into Phoenix to play road games in the Western Conference Finals. I, I think they're more worried about, hey, let's be healthy. Let's be playing the best basketball we can play. And, and I think that they're going to be right back in that mix to get back to the finals. Got about a minute to go here with Keith Smith from the NBA talking all things as we begin the second half of the season. Keith, let's go to the East here. I think the biggest surprise arguably was the Chicago Bulls in the first half, four-point favorites over the Hawks. Just bigger picture than just tonight. I think people are expecting a regression out of the Bulls. What do you make of what they've done in the first half, and do you think they have staying power in the second half? Yeah, what they've done in the first half has been great, especially when you consider they've played large chunks of the season 
without their main guys. They, they were one of the hardest hit teams by COVID absences, especially early on. And then they've been without two of their key offseason pickups, Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso, for weeks now. And then Zach Levine was down for a little while. And, you know, they've just kind of plugged you guys in there and said, hey, all right, DeRozan and Vucevic are going to be our offensive engines, and all the rest of you play defense. That's, that's what we need you to do, and, and that, that has worked. You know, Billy Donovan's done a heck of a job coaching that team through a lot of ups and downs. They, they, they've got to get healthy to make noise in the playoffs because it's just not going to be enough to have the, the, the couple of guys. But when you have guys who can go get their own shot like DeRozan and Levine can, you can get the rest of the guys to defend around them. You have a pretty good chance at making a playoff run. So they, they, I've got them slightly behind Miami and Milwaukee in the East but it's not all that far. Hey, Keith, appreciate the time and the information. Again, follow him at Keith Smith NBA. When we come back, some news out of San Francisco I want to pick your brain about. Come on back. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. If you haven't tried out Scott Steen, the chief handicapper over at Winners and Winers, tonight is the night. I know I've been talking a lot about the team over the past few weeks, but for very good reason, these guys work hard and put out insightful betting content, but even more importantly, free winning picks for their fans. I can tell you about Scott's recent 4-1 mark, but really, what do you have to lose? His best bet tonight is free, and all it's going to be is from one of the best in the business. No obligation, no commitment. Just see what Scott's betting on big tonight. He's looking to earn your trust and then maybe your business after the win. To get Scott's best bet, no obligation, no commitment, text VEASAN to area code 320-350-3500. Dave Ross alongside Matt Humans. this is Follow the Money. And again, we're all assuming we all know what's going to happen in the NFL. Which quarterback's going to go where? Which quarterback is out? Which quarterback is in? Shefty, Adam Schefter. Says, and I quote, I don't think it's a lock, unquote, that Jimmy Garoppolo gets traded this year. Hmm. That is very interesting information. Did, cited. Did he send that tweet to John Lynch to edit it before he posted it on Twitter? Oh. Right. That happens in this business. Cited that Trey Lance needs some work and maybe more than people realize. I think a lot of people realize that he needs work. Of course. I mean, <laughs> is this breaking news? What? It's. 
pretty obvious if you watch Trey Lance as a quarterback last year, he's not ready to win as a starter in the NFL. Is this some sort of uh, revelation? With a team that is ready to win. And then the eyes emoji is the one that always gets me. Like, what's that supposed to do? I like using it, but it's just like, what's it for? So my question to you, sir, would be San Francisco. And again, they're in the Rodgers mix, we believe. Would you be more apt to wager on them in, a, in the futures market? If you knew that I gave you two options, not Trey Lance. It's not an option to win this. I don't think anybody's going to go, yeah, Trey Lance is a guy Then I feel really good about taking them in the futures market. I think you would take them if you knew one or two things. It's Jimmy G or somebody not named Trey Lance. Would the unknown be better to you more upside than bringing back Jimmy G next year? I think the... Um... Niners should look in a different direction. I, I I would like to bet the Niners in futures right now at Circa. They're plus 575. I think that's kind of middle ground because there are rumors out there from legit sources that Tom Brady could end up in San Francisco. And if it's not Brady, maybe it's Rodgers. Who knows? So as an odds maker, I think you got to kind of uh, hedge your bets a little bit there. And uh, plus 575 here. And I've seen 5-1, to one, I think, at the Westgate Superbook. Mm-hmm. I like the Snyder's team. I think they're re- ready to win the NFC now. Uh, I don't want to bet on them if Jimmy G's the quarterback. And I certainly don't want to bet on them if Trey Lance is a quarterback. I'm sure Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are, you know, forming their plan A and plan B as they head into the offseason. I don't think Jimmy G's part of plan A mm. or plan B. Um, so we'll see what they come up with. But... No, I'm less likely to uh, bet on the Niners if they have Jimmy G or Trey Lance. I, I, I'd like to see them find a different quarterback, and I think somebody else could get that team over the hump. 14-1 to right now to win the Super Bowl a year from now. That It, it is interesting because, look, let's be, be honest. We're going to have Tyler Fulgham on in, in a very short order, and he'll hate what I have to say here. Niners were the better football team than the Rams. Rams won the game. But, you know, if you have a a DB that can hold on to a football, the Niners are that close to going to a second Super Bowl under Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan. So as much as they want to run him out of town, get the hell out of Dodge, this team is right there, Matt. That's right there. And uh, I don't think Jimmy G's a a bad quarterback. He's not a below-average quarterback. I think he's just average or slightly above average, but – I also not sure he's he's not the guy who instills faith in me to bet the 49ers on the futures. That's why I want to see somebody else at quarterback. And I do think Jimmy G would be a pretty good option for the Buccaneers if you're looking for a guy to replace Tom Brady. Yes. Uh, a veteran like that who could step in and run that offense right away uh, makes sense for the Buccaneers. Interesting you bring up the Bucks. I also think Jimmy G's got a little bit of an issue. He knows that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan don't have complete confidence in him. And when you work for somebody who you know doesn't really have confidence in you, uh, I think that's going to affect your performance. And don't you think that he knows that they're always looking for a better option? Hell yeah. That he's not their guy. And that's why I think that makes it problematic moving forward with Jimmy G and the Niners. I tell you that if I was as good looking as Jimmy G, I would be confident every day of my life. Just smile in the mirror, Jimmy. You're doing fine. You're going to be all right. Wherever you end up, life is going to be okay. <laughs> you mentioned the Buccaneers, 25 to one to win the Super Bowl next uh-huh. year. Now, here's the interesting thing there. That whether it's Jimmy G, right? I, you know, 
I don't know. We, we talked about Teddy Bridgewater earlier. That doesn't feel like a fit with Bruce Arians. No risk it, no biscuit, right? I feel like you need a gunslinger there. I, I uh-huh. look at this team and go, well, who's the quarterback? And I know we say that they're ready-made to go, but are they anymore? Because Chris Godwin's not under under contract, and by the way, he's coming off an ACL. Bronk's Bronk, gonna be Bronkowski's gone, right? The the offensive line was good last year. They got banged up late. They should be healthy. Well, here's the deal: the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are still probably the favorites to win that division if they bring a veteran quarterback in there, because that division's not very good. Panthers, Falcons. Uh, it seems like the window's kind of closed on the Saints. Uh, yeah, they. They risked it, and they gave away the biscuit when they had Jameis Winston, a quarterback. He threw 30 interceptions, Ooh. and he lost five fumbles. So How'd that work out? It uh, didn't work out that well. <laughs> I, I think Teddy Bridgewater is probably too conservative. Yes. Jameis Winston's too much of a, uh, a gunslinger, if you want to call it that. Jimmy G's kind of somewhere in the middle. And that's where I'm going to bring up a guy that Bruce Arians seems to like. Can I interest you at 25-1? to 1, knowing that Blaine Gabbert would be the starting quarterback. Remember, he was the backup to Tom Brady last year. What year is this? Blaine Gabbert? We're still talking about Blaine Gabbert as a starting quarterback potentially in this league? Kyle Are you Trask. buying this? Kyle Trask, uh, second-year quarterback for Florida. Anybody but Blaine. Uh, well, Blaine Gabbert's got a little bit of talent. A little bit. Was he the second pick coming out of Mizzou way back when? You could interest me in that at 25 to 1 odds, but it would have to be somewhere in that neighborhood. I, that would kind of be like plan C if the Buccaneers can't find what else they want. Well, we'll go with Blaine Gabbert. Uh, oh, 25 that, to 1? Maybe us. Where, who, who's got the 25 to 1 up on Blaine Gabbert to be the Buccaneers quarterback? Uh, draft, not to be the Buccaneers quarterback, to win the Super Bowl. That, that's the odds right now. Oh, I thought so, you No, no, okay, so I was saying, okay. if, if Blaine Gabbert was the quarterback, what are those? What does oh, that number gosh. go to? Oh, my God. I'm taking 25 to 1. No shot. Like, like, to me, that's not a serious conversation that Bruce Arians has thrown out. I know it's kind of like you said with Josh Rosen when Cliff Kingsbury took over. They go, well, this is the guy. He's the guy that's there. He's the guy that's under contract. Right now, technically, Blaine Gabbert would be number one on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers depth chart. Cannot go into next year with a veteran football team with Blaine Gabbert as your guy. No scenario where that can be fact. Correct? I mean, you can't, you got Kyle Trask. You're not going to draft another quarterback in Tampa Bay. So it's got to be free agency or bust, right? Like, I don't know if Mariota makes sense as more of a running quarterback. Mariota can make sense for a lot of different teams. I actually think he's going to be a starter. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of guys out there who can make sense for the Buccaneers. I, I, I've said from the end of the season, and I've been consistent with this, I think Garoppolo makes the most sense for the Buccaneers. But there are plenty of other options out there, too. How about Mitchell Trubisky? A lot of people like to bang on Trubisky. Yeah, he's far from the finished product, but he actually had a pretty good record as a Bears starting quarterback. And don't forget, he had to work with Matt Nagy mm. as his head coach. And I think Nagy did everything wrong with Mitchell Trubisky. When you watch his skill set, I said this from his uh, rookie year, Trubisky's actually a guy who can get outside the pocket and throw with accuracy on the run. He can make some plays. If you try to make him a pocket passer, it's going to be a disaster. And what did Matt Nagy try to do? He tried to make him a pocket passer. How idiotic was that? So if you get Trubisky in a system with the right coach, he's got a chance to be good. I don't know if that's Bruce Arians or maybe it's Washington. 
who knows where it is, but I, I haven't totally given up on Trubisky being a, a serviceable NFL starting quarterback. Shout out to Mike North in Chicago because that is music to his ears because I know he believes Mitchell Trubisky still would be an option out there as a starting quarterback. Look, we've seen it before. Ryan Tannehill, again, that's the, that's the example right there that you saw in Tennessee where you thought this guy's a retread. He's dead. Miami. Adam Gase. And Adam, that was right. And then Adam all of a sudden. Gase. Adam Gase in Miami, Matt Nagy in Chicago. Resurrected his whole career in Tennessee. Now, he got a break that Mariota got hurt, so he had the opportunity. Yeah. But right now, that opportunity. If you, we're talking about Blaine Gabbert. We're talking give, about Blaine Gabbert here. Then give me Mitchell we're Trubisky. We're talking about practice. I can't believe I'm saying that. Give right. me Mitchell Trubisky over Blaine Gabbert. Oh, yeah. I would take Trubisky over Gabbert for sure. Sorry, got a little bit fired up. I still think the, the Bears, what went wrong, was much more about the failures of uh, the GM, Ryan Pace, and the coach, Matt Nagy. It didn't really work out. And there. Trubisky was a convenient scapegoat for a lot of people. Yeah, he didn't play great the second year, but I think his coach did a big disservice to him. Totally agree. When we come back, he's riding high these days. Tyler Folgen. His Rams Super Bowl champions, can they repeat? <clears throat> no. We'll get it from Tyler when you come back with us right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Follow the money on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. First bet wants you to be in on all the horse racing action. Sign up today with the promo code Vegas1000. Receive $10 instantly and up to $1,000 bonus. Visit VEASAN.com slash horses. For all the details, use the bonus code Vegas1000. Dave Ross, Matt Humans, follow the money right here on VEASAN. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe we got him up this early in the morning. Of course, you know him on ESPN. Does a great job with Daily Wager. He is the shram to my sauce. He is the one and only Tyler Fulgham. Welcome to the show, brother. Thanks for getting up early with us. Look, Matt, I don't want to admit it, but he's riding high these days. His Rammies somehow won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. To run it back right now, plus 1,200. Tyler Fulgham, do you get the band back together? Do you re-sign OBJ with the bad knee? Do you make sure Von Miller comes back? Can you run it back and truly be a great team? For all the ages. I think the the Rams absolutely can run it back. I think they will bring back all those principal pieces. And I think they'll be a better team in 2022 than they were in 2021. Now, that doesn't mean you win the Super Bowl because obviously that's very difficult to do. But I think the Rams will be better next year with Von Miller back on defense, with Robert Woods back off of his ACL, with Cam Akers having a whole offseason to get his rhythm back with that offensive line, with rookies like Ernest Jones, who was Played a great game in the Super Bowl, getting in that second year. And most importantly, with Matt Stafford, in his second year in Sean McVay's system, you remember what happened to Jared Goff? His second year, he went to the Super Bowl. Matt Stafford is, we know, a big upgrade over Jared Goff. And having a second year with McVay to further develop the minutia of this offense, to have a full year to work with Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and then OBJ when he comes back. Aaron Donald and Von Miller on defense with Jalen Ramsey. Yes, the Rams have the ability. I know everyone says they're in cap hell, but... We know they just kick the can down the road. <laughs> they move money around. Stan Kroenke has the pockets to do so. And I absolutely think the Rams will be a better team next year than they were this year when they won the Super Bowl. Hmm. Interesting. He says that while wearing a Rams jersey. <laughs> Aaron Donald morning. jersey, no doubt. <laughs> Is that a Donald jersey? It's an Aaron okay. Donald jersey. He loves Aaron Donald. Here's the thing, Well, though, he Matt. did make good points there about the Rams. How do you feel about the Niners? Because if uh, – 
He didn't have to uh, a dropped <clears throat> potential interception there. It would have been the 49ers probably in the Super Bowl. But what do you think the Niners are going to do at quarterback? Because that's got to be a big question for them here in the offseason. I think the only thing the Niners would do besides turn the keys of the car over to Trey Lance is if one of Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers was like, hey, I want to come back home to the Bay and be the quarterback. At that point, it would be kind of malfeasance on the point, on the part of the 49ers to pass up that type of opportunity. So sure. I think the most likely scenario is that Lance is the uh, quarterback. And as a Ram fan, I will tell you, that scares me. I know Lance wasn't great as a rookie, but quarterbacks who have that type of skill set, who can have the big arm, have that physicality and mobility, a la Josh Allen. I don't know if he'll be Josh Allen, but he has a lot of the same tools that Josh Allen has. So if he is able to develop under Kyle Shanahan, who was a great QB groomer, the Niners, I think, would be the biggest threat in the NFC to wow. the Rams, and that includes the Packers if Aaron Rodgers is back. And, of course, whichever team wins the NFC East, that patty cake division over there, <laughs> which would likely be Dave's Cowboys. But as the Cowboys have proven time and time and time again, Matt Humans, they are a JV squad compared mm-hmm. to the rest of the elite in the NFL. I was going to say, you just uh, dissed your best friend, Dave, by uh, not mentioning the Cowboys there well, in the well, first what? I'll mention them. They're 14 <clears throat> to 1. Same number, Shrammy, that the Niners are at 14 to 1 to win the Super Bowl next year. I mean, I, I hear all those things you're saying about Trey Lance. Wouldn't you rather have Dak Prescott? If you're going to take a futures number of 14 to 1, wouldn't you rather have Super Dak Prescott and the Cowboys at that number versus the Niners and Trey Lance, unproven Trey Lance? Okay, so you want me to uh, invest my hard-earned money yes. in Dak Prescott, who's never made it past the divisional round, right. and Mike McCarthy, who had Aaron, who's like on Aaron Rodgers' back Got a ring. when Aaron Rodgers Stop. took him to a Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers. We saw what McCarthy did this year. The guy's probably a nice guy. I think he's a decent NFL coach. He's not a Super Bowl-winning head coach anymore at this point in his career. I think there's big-time regression coming for your defense, Dave Ross. So, yeah, I'd much rather bet my money on Kyle Shanahan and whoever his quarterback is than whatever that operation you got going down in Dallas there's a Gilligan's Island movie coming out, a remake this summer, and Mike McCarthy's <laughs> going to play the skipper. You guys wow. disrespect. Wow. You, what has Aaron Rodgers done without Mike McCarthy? Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely like nothing. That. Four okay. NFC championship games. He's won multiple MVPs. Got you absolutely nowhere. All right, let's go to the NFL draft, because I, I know that you are already knee-deep into the NFL draft. If you had to take a ticket on who you think will be the number one pick in said draft, Give me a name that you think might be worth the bang for the buck. Yeah, right now we see that it's Evan Neal, the the mammoth uh, left tackle from Alabama, and Aiden Hutchinson, the guy who just kind of emerged as a superstar defensive end for Michigan this year. They have the shortest odds. But I think those are sucker bets. I think the two names that follow them are much wiser ways to invest your money. Kayvon Thibodeau, first and foremost, let's start with that defensive lineman out of Oregon. Since he has stepped foot in Eugene, he was considered the number one pick in the draft mm-hmm. when he came out. The guy is like Miles Garrett. He's like Julius Peppers. He has a freak of nature body. And all of a sudden, no disrespect to Aiden Hutchinson and what he did this year, now he moves in front of him as a uh, more likely pick uh, when it comes to the odds. I don't think so. In NFL draft community circles, I guarantee you 75 to 80% of those GMs and scouts still consider Thibodeau the better NFL prospect. Mm-hmm. And I do think the name right under him, the left tackle from NC State, Ika McWanu, 
is a better NFL prospect than Evan Neal. Neal is a beast. There's no doubt about it. But how often do we see guys, especially on the O-line, kind of tap out their potential, max out their potential in Tuscaloosa before they get to the NFL? That's just the way Nick Saban runs that thing. He's got a tight ship there. But I think sometimes he taps all of his prospects out. Aguano is a dude who is 6'4", 340. He absolutely wants to murder you on the football field. Watch <laughs> his tape. And he wants to kill people that line up across from him. What makes it even better is apparently by all accounts, he's a nice dude off the field and kind of like a savant genius. His family is athletes and doctors. If he didn't play at NC State, he had offers. I don't know if they give scholarships, but he was going to be offered to Harvard and Yale. He could have been an Ivy Leaguer. And at offensive line, I think a trait that oftentimes gets overlooked is intelligence and smarts. Mm -hmm. you got to be just as smart as a quarterback to play offensive line in today's NFL. And not that Neil is not smart played under Nick Saban uh, and that offense, but Aquanu has that mental capacity to really be a great NFL player. So I would rather put my money on one of those two, Aquanu or Thibodeau, mm -hmm. rather than Neil and um, Aiden Hutchinson at the very same positions. I, I think Jacksonville should go offensive line, protect Trevor Lawrence. That's why I would take Aquanu, but uh, they could go D-line because Thibodeau is a once-in-a-generation type of physical prospect at the position. You know, and uh, Tyler, I agree with you. I, I've said this all along, too. I think uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is going to blow people away when you get into individual yep. workouts. Mm -hmm. and I think he's the best bet as a top pick at 5-1 to one odds. Uh, you got to have an edge rusher like that, a dominant one, and he could be that. And the Jaguars can still build their offensive line with later draft picks. You don't have to do it with the number one draft pick. So I'm with you on that. I love NFL draft betting, too. Absolutely. We only got a couple minutes to go, Shrammy. I got to get your thoughts on golf because I know you wanted to bet Phil Mickelson to win the Masters at 100 to 1, but probably not a good wager right now. Give me a pick that you like for the Honda Classic this week and somebody for futures for Augusta coming up and not too off into the distance. Yeah, uh, the two guys that I had pre-flop uh, at the Honda were Louis Oosthuizen at twenty-two to one and Tommy Tommy Fleetwood at thirty to one. And I know neither guy has really had a lot of success on American soil, but in this field, I think that it's Oosthuizen, not your boy Brooks Kepp, the four-time champ, uh, major <laughs> champ, that is the best all-around golfer. And I think Oosthuizen's in great form. I think Oosthuizen has the game. Fleetwood as well, much more success in Asia and Europe. I don't think he's better than Brooks Koepka. I think Ustazen is. But I think Fleetwood is a guy who has played this event twice. And we know PGA National with that bear trap is one of the hardest tests in all of PGA Tour golf. Mm -hmm. Fleetwood's played this event twice. He's finished T4 and T3. He's had some good run here. So uh, those are the two guys I looked at pre-flop as uh, my tournament winners. Okay, Augusta National. You know your guy, Tiger Woods. You can take a number on Tiger. He's not coming back and... He's not going to do this crazy. This is not going to happen, right, Tyler? Well, not this year. I don't. He may come back and play. Tiger's not going to win the Masters this year. But I will say it again, Dave Ross. Tiger Woods will again win a major championship. It will happen. Wow. Bet whatever you need to bet on it. I'll do it again with you, Dave. No, I will give you. I some lost money you once. Bank account. When Tiger Babe. wins another major, you return that money to me four or five fold. It will happen. Book it. Dave, he'll be inspired by what Phil. Dave, he'll be inspired by what Phil Mickelson did at fifty. Trust me, believe you me. He will have bionic knees. He will do whatever is necessary to get that body right. <laughs> he will win another major. As far as the Masters is concerned, this year, real quick, who's Tazen again, forty to one, and Paul Casey, a guy who has always been really, really solid at Augusta, is fifty to one. I like the value on those two. I had to put up with this for seven years.
Follow him as I do yeah. at Tyler underscore Fulgham. Great job over at ESPN. Shreem, we're going to breakfast later, right? You picking up the tab? Yeah, and I will continue to yell in your ear about how Aaron Donald is the GOAT and how Tiger <laughs> will win major again. Unbelievable. So get ready. Trammy, you're a good person. I, I just don't like all of your takes. <laughs> <laughs> there he is, everybody. Tyler Fulgham. Much more to get to when we come back right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. determine the winner of any given college basketball game. Someone gives you 10,000 to 1 on anything. You take it. Take it. Take it. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you 3 to 1 odds. Nope. 5 to 1. Nope. 10 to 1. You're up. Time for some in-pocket plays. We wrapped up uh, all the money right here on Beeson. Dave Ross alongside Matt Humans. Uh, Matt, you've got some golf plays today and for the week that I'm very intrigued by and uh, some that I've also played as well. What do you got so far this week? Your guy, the Blonde Bomber, Brooks Kepka. That's my uh, biggest bet in the uh, Honda Classic this week, 22-1. to He's already teed off, by the way, Dave. So Get him under par. We've talked about these uh, <clears throat> these plays this week, and Brooks, Brooksy off to a decent start. Looks okay. like he's one under through six holes. Okay. Couple strokes off the lead, but uh, very, very early. But the good number. Also got Keith. To one. What's that? Twenty-two good. to one in a, a tournament field like this. Yes. Uh, I thought was too much value to pass up on uh, your guy Brooksy. <laughs> Keith Mitchell thirty to one. Aaron Wise forty-five. You got a Georgia Bulldog and Oregon Duck right there, and a Canadian Mackenzie Hughes at fifty to one. Uh, two losers in basketball last week. Tough beat. Xavier. That's Tough beat a bad with beat. Xavier. Uh, triple overtime where dogs go to die. <laughs> and uh, Rutgers just not in the game last night with Ron Harper and Geo Baker <clears throat> combining to go 0 for 8 from three-point range. So a couple of losers. I've been on a, a skid in college hoops. One team that I have won with recently, I'm going to stick with tonight. Saturday night, I played Oregon as a 12-and-a-half-point dog at Arizona. I thought the Ducks probably should have won that game in Tucson. Uh, they came up a little bit short, 84 to 81. They've lost three of four. Uh, Dana Altman, I think, uh, got his team back on track in that game against the Wildcats Saturday night. And uh, 
Arizona, excuse me, uh, Oregon beat UCLA in overtime in mid-January. I just think what you got here is a, a well-coached Oregon team. And the Ducks are going to be desperate dogs, desperate home dogs in this spot tonight because they, they still are on the fence or on the bubble, whatever you want to call it, to make the tournament. But if they can sweep UCLA, that's going to be huge. And it's not like the Bruins are playing lights out basketball right now. No. So I'm taking Oregon plus three. A home dog in the Pac-12 tonight. I've got a bunch of other plays on my radar, but when you're not running hot, sometimes you overthink things. Sure. You second-guess yourself. Uh, you get a little bit conservative. I've got seven or eight games circled on tonight's card. Uh, I'm thinking about playing, but right now Oregon is the uh, the only one I have played. It's tempting to me to play San Francisco tonight. I, I actually think uh, Gonzaga is going to be in for a sweat on the hilltop in San Francisco tonight, but I have, uh, I took 10 and a half actually on uh, San Francisco for a small bet earlier tonight. I thought that might get bet up to 11 or 11 and a half, and it's kind of gone the other way. But I'm just going to use Oregon here as the best bet for in pocket. How about you, Dave? Well, I'll tell you this. First of all, your Brooks Kepka play, I'm looking right now, he's now 14 to 1, so you get a really good number at 22 to 1. And also, you're playing Mackenzie Hughes. He's down to 35 to 1. So you get some really good numbers in pocket. And I know the Canadian uh, off to a good start. Where are those live betting numbers? That is right here at DraftKings okay. uh, that I'm seeing. So some good numbers there. Neiman, by the way, the favorite, 9 to 1. That's not going to happen. No, back to back. Guys don't win back to back weeks. Rarely happens. It, it happened actually a few years ago with Phil Mickelson when he won the Irish Open and the British Open. Do you remember this? That hadn't been done before. He, he did the double double. Stunning that Phil actually oh. did that double. And uh, you're going to play Phil in the Masters. Which, I, now, uh, I played Phil in the Masters pre-Saudi okay. Golf League drama. So I took it a couple weeks ago at 100 to 1. I don't, I don't like his chances at Augusta this year. Well, I did before all this. A lot of distractions. Yes. Now, now, I don't like the in-pocket play after what's happened. Because his head, I don't know where it is. But I thought, like, you know, still Phil from last year, the reigning PGA champion, you know, that's a now all guys are looking at him funny in the locker room. There's so much drama around Phil Mickelson right now. Don't tell me that won't play into it. Look, if Phil Mickelson can somehow go out at, at Augusta and make the cut now, I'll be surprised if he can block out all the noise. Because I look, it's Augusta, the patrons there, and they're not fans. The patrons there are not going to heckle Phil. This isn't the U.S. Open. But that's the point we're at right now with Phil Mickelson. He's a lightning rod. Now, I did play Brooksy at 22 to 1 of the Blonde Bomber now at Augusta National. Just, this is big game hunter. And when I look at that number and I go, I cannot pass up on a course that he will win eventually. He's going to win a green jacket. Oh, he is? Yeah. You I'm going to guarantee I'm, that? I'm not going to guarantee He should win a green jacket. <laughs> he should absolutely win a green jacket. And then Willie Z. And again, this is one of those, he's going to break through type picks. 33 to 1. Maybe I didn't get the best number there. Willie Z's got to win a tournament. That's that's one of those guys. And I said this at the beginning of last year. I was going to bet Joaquin Neiman until he won a tournament. And I probably lost at least 10 bets on the guy until he finally won last week at 55 to 1. That's a big ticket, though, to cash. I bet Zalatoris now twice. I had a runner up on him at Torrey Pines a few weeks ago. I'm going to bet Zalatoris consistently here until he cashes this guy. Kid is way too talented Agreed. not to win on the PGA Tour soon. I don't know if it's going to be at Augusta. 
But I also have a bet on him at Augusta of 40 to 1. Uh, and very quickly, we just said Tyler Folgemon from ESPN with the Daily Wager crew. He likes Fleetwood 25 to 1 and Newstays in 20 to 1 to win this week at the Bear Trap. So we'll see how that plays out. In Pocket is presented by Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Check out their daily specials posted afternoon Eastern at BetRivers.com. I do want to talk just a little bit more about that scenario in the world of golf with Phil Mickelson. And I wonder, it's not going to affect, I don't think, obviously it's going to affect my in-pocket play with Phil at 100-1 because I just don't like that play mentally where he is anymore. Are any other guys going to get affected by this? Or is this story going to go away, Matt? Because it feels like a blockbuster story right now in the world of golf that every player is being asked about. Is it almost good that a guy like Justin Thomas is going to be a Rory and not about their performances and this kind of sidebar topic has kind of taken over the world of golf? <clears throat> no, I think all the soap opera crap gets uh, brushed under the rug, uh, swept under the rug next week. Yep. Uh, I don't think, you know, once these players get to Augusta, yeah, it's going to be a topic with the media, but it's not going to be a big deal. I, I really believe the Saudi League has, has been buried. It's six feet under, Ooh. and uh, it's time to move on. None of the stars are going to go to the Saudi League. It's it's obvious. And Phil Mickelson, whether he's trying to pull a coup or whatever he was trying to do here, he failed. And you don't want to be on Phil's side right now because uh, he's taking a lot of shots uh, from people. So I, I think this is over. Yeah, if, over. If, if, if that is the case, then, yeah, you get to Augusta National, and that, of course, is the crown jewel, if you will, of the four majors. I think it's over year. for the, the talk about the Saudi League is over for everybody but Phil. And that's yeah. why I don't like the bet. I hate it now. at the Masters because he's going to have to deal with too much crap. And again, just for the record, I made that bet pre-Saudi <laughs> Golf League drama. Had I known, there's no way I would have touched it. But, you know, I checked the odds yesterday. They haven't changed on Phil. Still 100-1, to 1, which surprises me. I thought it would be even longer. Well, if you watch the odds board here at Circa, Jeff Davis does a great job with the golf odds, and he keeps a low hold percentage. He puts up very fair numbers on the Golf Futures boards. I think you're going to see odds on Phil Mickelson much higher than this by the time Augusta gets here. Totally agree. When we had Tyler on, he asked, hey, what would be the number, Matt Humans, that you would set for Tiger Woods to win another major? And again, I don't think he's <laughs> going to get to Jack. I know Tyler still feels that, that that is possibility. I don't see it. If I had to make you an odds maker right now uh-huh. and put odds out there for Tiger Woods to win a major, what's the number? Uh, I'll give you three to one. I don't think Tiger's going to win another major. You can't count him out on some of the Lynx courses, the British Open. No. Uh, maybe you'd have a shot at Augusta someday. I don't think – I think the odds are against him uh, to win a major. I'll say three to one. I do think he'll win another tournament someday. It might be a limited field type of event like the Hero World Challenge. Anyway, what I was laughing about, this graphic on Greg Hoops Peterson, our production staff has put together – this is on Greg's it's daily, amazing. his daily routine, and uh, I'll, I'll let you take it from here because well, he from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. he does the look at. He's half man, half animal. He's a manimal. 1 a.m. Uh, to 2 a.m. Food for the tummy is what it says. Is that, that's what I think was what that says, Greg's words. I think so. 2 a.m. to 8 a.m. handicaps, not sleep people. Handicaps. 8 a.m. to 8:30, wishing friends on Facebook a happy birthday. That is time consuming. Uh-huh, yeah. How about this one? 8.30 to 10.30 a.m., two-hour window, we, in quotations, jog 13 miles. 13 miles! Somewhere in there he says he talks to his fiance too. Talks to her for a few minutes. And then he does a podcast from 10.30 a.m. to, to he 12 He also he takes selfies that he posts on 
Twitter and Instagram as well. So you got to work that in there. It's absolutely amazing. Well, I want to thank Greg for being on the, the show today. One thing you don't today. see on there is sleep. It's got to be in there Greg, somewhere. Greg Peterson does not sleep. Uh, also, Keith Smith for joining us here talking NBA. And, of course, Tyler Fulgham, who joined us uh, just in the last segment here from ESPN, talking all things in the world of sports. Matt, been a lot of fun. we got uh, one more day tomorrow. Then Paulie and Mitch will be back next week as they return from vacation. But we got plenty more things to get to. I will be watching the Blonde Bomber today since I have that ticket in pocket. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Take the VEASAN. Take the VEASAN. Take the VEASAN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.